This is CliffCentral.com. 360biz on CliffCentral.com. Um, is this the part where I say something because you're busy playing with the mic? Hello, hello. Hi, everyone. My name is Greg is laughing on the other side. Now, man, how are you guys doing? It's another an amazing episode of 360biz. My co-pilot, Stebo Ho, and also Teho are there out gallivanting, doing whatever entrepreneurs do on a Wednesday. <laughs> on a Wednesday at 1 o'clock. You guys have joined us for another installment of 360biz, um, a show on Cliff Central, or a show on Cliff Central that is aimed at giving you cutting-edge um, news, information, and access to market opportunities that will help you grow your business and move your business to a whole new level. So it is the undisputed uh, heavyweight uh, title holder for entrepreneurial shows in the whole of Africa. I've got an amazing guest in studio. I've got an amazing guest in studio. And I think before I read through my intro, sir, please greet our listeners. Tell us who you are and what you do. Hey, Blalani and uh, the team at Cliff Central, thanks so much for having me on 360Biz. My name is Ndumiso Hadebe. I'm the managing director for a tech company called Combat Africa. Uh, Combat Africa is an online business directory with features of an e-commerce platform. Um, and essentially, we're in the business of making businesses business. Really? Yeah. And I mean, so how did you get into this space? So it, it, it was by chance, really. Um, one of our directors, Murindeni, um, went to go visit his grandmother in Polokwane. And his grandmother had a plumbing problem um, in Bulugwane. Um, and being a young person that he is, the first thing that he wanted to do was to find a supplier online um, on, on his cell phone. And the nearest supplier he could find was uh, in town, 30 minutes away, and there was a call-out fee needed for that. Lo and behold, uh, several minutes later, they found a Ubaba called Babum Tembu, um, who has been plumbing for the past 37 years, as it were, um, and he was able to assist um, Morandeni's grandmother. And so that led us to ask ourselves an innovation question in that regard, to say, um, if Babum Tembu was available online, given that we have a growing youthful population that's th- that are online users and consumers, uh, perhaps we need to provide a platform for ba- the likes of Babum Tembu and the rest of them to have an online presence so that they can find online consumers as well. So that led to Combat Africa. So I find um, the name of your company very interesting. What? What? <laughs> okay, first I think tell our broad listeners what it means yeah. and what, what inspired the name. So Comba, Comba is a Zulu slash Sutu word meaning uh, to point. Um, in Africa really emphasizes that we have a pan-African outlook. Um, we're passionate about the renewal and the development and the reindustrialization of the African continent. So Comba meaning pointing pointing consumers to the right businesses and businesses to their to their audience and their consumers as well. And I mean according to you Indonesia man, how important is it um for or rather or rather before we even talk about the importance, mm-hmm. what is innovation? So when businesses and it's a buzzword, yeah where everyone is talking about um do business more innovatively or, yeah. or or use innovation? What do all of those things mean to an ordinary SMME? Yeah, I think innovation, um, from from my understanding and my experience, that to this point is really about thinking creatively around problems. Um, mm. If something is not working properly, or you think it can be done better, I um, mean, you can be more creative around it, can work more efficiently, or may be more impactful, as it were. Um, I think that's what innovation essentially entails: being more creative around solving problems or existing uh, problems. So so that's, that's just my understanding. And I mean, do you feel like in the broader scale, SMMEs are engaging in a very innovative way with regards to their business? Mm-hmm. Are we still stuck in the analog? 
yeah. way of doing things. Yeah, I think I think it's it's quite mixed. South, South Africa's context is very interesting because it's nuanced in 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 many aspects. So we find um, we we do find even uh, businesses or, that are located in low and middle income communities uh, who are innovative around their business models. There's a gentleman that I respect quite highly from the Val Obabtabimans. Um, he he's one of those gentlemen like us who have been um, running uh, spaza shops and uh, small retail supermarkets Elokshini um, and he thought uh, innovatively around his business model and he has partnered up with um, with Pick and Pay and they now run what they call a chain of Ola uh, supermarket stores within the township and equity is not uh, from Pick and Pay side they still own 100% of their business it's just a relationship that they formed um, but because of the challenges for instance in, in low income communities um, in that regard the issue of capitalization the issue of stock and so on and so forth uh, resources are, are not always there Pick and Pay then provides the backing of ensuring that there's, there's always stock on hand, for example. So I, so I've seen pockets of of um, entrepreneurs and businesses that are innovative around their challenge, their business challenges, and then there are areas where um, there there are serious areas of improvement where innovation can be used to sort of navigate the day-to-day challenges of running a business. I like that. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, I mean, if you're listening to the show today, we're talking about innovation in business. And, I mean, our opener today is a very interesting one. It says, everyone can innovate. Well, I just want you to pick up certain things and I'll ask you questions on them. Yeah. It says, everyone can innovate. Innovation means coming up with new ways of doing things. However, being innovative does not only mean inventing. It can also, it can also mean changing your business model and adapting to changes in your environment to deliver best products or services mm-hmm. successful innovation should be built in an a successful innovation should be an inbuilt part of your business strategy where you create a culture of innovation and lead the way innovate in innovative thinking and creating problem solving innovation in business can be defined as the process of implementing new ideas creating creating dynamic products or improving your existing services mm-hmm. how much of that do you think is true sure uh, <laughs> I, th- I think uh but by and large most of it is, is quite true i think it's, it's quite true because, and it's and, and i'm sorry to cut you off now because because i just want to i just want to piggyback this so that when you answer you try and we try and get it holistic yeah. because whenever the word innovation comes in people always think tech yeah <laughs> true and true. digital yes 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 you know so it, I think for me, it's demystifying yeah. what, what the whole entire thing yeah. is because I feel like there are so many, um, innovations that have come up over the years that were not tech. Yeah. But obviously we're in the tech age is the fourth industrial revolution, which mm. I'd love to pick your brain about mm. a little bit early, deeper in this, in, in, in this dialogue. So yeah. what are your views? Look, your Bulelani foot, I fully agree with you there. Um, a lot of the time we tend to associate, um, innovation, uh, with tech and that's not necessarily the case. Um, like you quite rightly, quite rightly mentioned in your intro, it can be from the perspective of modifying your business model. Um, I mean, you yourself have, um, have shared a lot of insights around with entrepreneurs around the question of funding for, for entrepreneurs who are looking for funding, um, who are solely looking at, for instance, DFIs, who are looking at, uh, banks, and other uh, institutions that can provide that funding. But um, you, you would share as well that, look, there are more creative ways around um, financing your business or financing a specific project that you're trying to um, lift off in your business to be able to recapitalize other operations in the business. So I think innovation really in that context of your intro is then in line with that um, around. It's not limited to tech. It uh, 
reaches out to how you run your business, to how the culture that you create in your business, um, the entrepreneurial culture, and so on and so forth. So it touches at at, at, a, at a lot of elements. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you touched on something there, um, which I was going to allude to when talking about your business journey. But I think mm-hmm. let's just go into it. When you started business, did you what? How did you fund your business? Yo, uh, I, I tend to say right now that I'm broke. <laughs> I'm broke Join right now, brother. <laughs> I'm broke, brother. Um, so I, so, so myself and uh, our directors, we used, uh, we maxed out our savings, um, in starting this business, um, given that it's in a tech space we had to develop and, uh, Market even from the even from the simplest things of of petrol, um, so we had to finance that, um, and that's before we were able to get any kind of capital injection into the business or any kind of revenue going into the business, as we and we're also rolling out the business in in phases, mm. uh, because it's 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 it, we also don't want to we we we've, we are very passionate about running um, uh, a good business qualitatively than just pushing quantity. I think mm. quantity will come as, as time mm. goes, but we need to build. This thing properly So we've made certain sacrifices Personally um, Fortunately our loved ones Are understanding of uh, the journey as well But fortunately for us We've had um Acquired some working experience and we were able to, from our salaries able to accumulate certain amount of uh, savings. And so that's how we've uh, financed the business to this point. Yeah. And um, I mean, your professional career, did it start out in entrepreneurship or were you working somewhere? So, uh, my, my professional career, I, I started working, I started working in, um, what is today referred to as Black Umbrellas, which was before Shanduka Black Umbrellas. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 After one day leader. Yes. Um, that's the opportunity. The, the, I got a job at, uh, Shanduka Black Umbrellas as a result So that's where And my training is in economics And so getting into the space of Working with entrepreneurs And understanding uh, Some of the challenges That, that they um, undergo um, And particularly from a research perspective I was like no, 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 no There's a lot of work that needs to be done And there's a lot that we can do in South Africa And the potential, the talent The ideas are there But there's just Implementation somewhere Somehow becomes becomes a challenge so that led me to ask myself entrepreneurial questions, innovation questions in that regard. And over the course of my career, um, I've always knew Uti, there's going to come a point where I exit uh, from working for someone, which is the point where I'm at now, where I'm fully working in the business and building the business and so on. Um, and so that, that that's what brings me to the point where I'm at right now, where I'm an entrepreneur running this business. We are c- currently in the phase of capital raising. We're able to get some uh, seed funding um, in California at a competition. That uh, we came runner up there, and so we're continuing to build build this business. Yeah, and I mean, how is it like um, working with? I'm, I'm assuming there's two or three other people in this particular venture. Yeah, I mean, how is it like? And I can imagine you guys are creatives. Do you guys yeah. tussle around? Do yeah. you pull in different directions? How does it work? So there's, there's four of us in the business. Um, uh, myself, a gentleman called Jose Andre. He's 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 um he's responsible for communications, marketing, but he also does a lot of biz dev. He's currently in um in an island called Sao Tome Principe, which is on the Gulf of Guinea. He's doing biz dev work there as well for, for, for Combat Africa, exploring opportunities that are there as well. Because what we're finding is that opportunities or entrepreneurial opportunities are not only limited to our markets in South Africa, mm. but Africans want to trade and do business with one another. Mm. Um, and my research background came in um, in the sense that one of the things we found is that the levels of trade between African countries is as low as 6%. But in the, in the Eurozone, 
it's up sixty percent, as it were. So there's a lot of room and opportunity for even entrepreneurs, Elokshini, to produce something and uh, send it to markets across the border. Um, so that's where we're also thinking around. So Jose, then Olivier. Olivier's background is in management consulting, and uh, the fourth director is Morandeni. Morandeni was my youth pastor. Quite interesting. Oh, wow. Um, so there's it's a huge, it's a nice blend of different expertise, different insights, and uh, yeah, we like quite rightly we 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 go back with ideas and see what uh, is. More best implementable. Yeah, and I mean, so being someone who's in the tech space, let me throw this in: who 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 are the top three, or who are the three or two individuals you look up to? Yeah, in the tech space. In the tech space, um, I find, and at this point, I think I would say one. I find Jack Ma's journey quite interesting, mm. and I think um, I see our journey very similar to his journey as well. Because he studied Alibaba at a point where the internet was something like, hey, chief, what is that mm. thing? What do you mean? This thing is not mm. going to happen. Mm. Um, and so we find as well, compared to other developed markets in the U.S. and in South Africa, the, 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 the tech space in South Africa is still nascent. Whereas in the U.S. it's more developed. People, when you talk tech or radio, it's like you're singing a love song, you know. Mm. Um, so so we've, uh, we, I, I resonate with his journey and how he was able to build it as well from a perspective of building a solid, good quality business that adds value. Because mm. I think it can be so easy. I mean, to be quite honest, there are some people who uh, are selling businesses $50 million in the U.S., but it's a useless app, honestly, mm. um, in the context of what... We're very developmental in our thinking to say, okay, you developed this app. Okay, it's cool, but what value does it really add to users? Mm. They've sold it for, 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 for quite a fortune. So Jack Ma's journey is valuable in that, in that sense because he, he, he focuses on adding value and it's developmental as well and creating jobs. Um, yeah, yeah. So I resonate a lot with his journey. Yeah. And I mean, going into entrepreneurship, did you find a lot of support from family? Um, hey, my mother. <laughs> I was like, are you sure, You know, uh, my mother wasn't really sure because I think, uh, particularly with our background, stability is very important. Uh, there are a lot of things that we still need to do. A car, yeah, uh, smaller yana projects here and there, supporting uh, family and siblings, um, and so it was quite a leap. So fortunately, a car, yeah, my mom is a, is a, is a, is a, we we grew up in a in a, in, a, in a home of faith, um, and she's very spiritual. And so she imparted all of that to us. So her faith, as opposed to her uh, inherent doubt as a human being, has what uh, has kicked in at this point in time mm. in supporting the work that we're doing. But I think as well, some of the recent successes um, have also encouraged her to say um, she trusts us and, and me enough that um, if I focus on something and uh, build it diligently, that eventually it does become a success. And I mean, what are some of the, I think maybe to a listener who's listening out there. So what does Comba Africa do? What are the products? What are the services? So, so Comba Africa essentially is an online business directory um, with features of an e-commerce platform. So it it links uh, small businesses with consumers that are closest to them. So it's available both on web and it's available on app uh, Google Play Store. Currently, we're currently working on registering it on iOS as well. So essentially we offer online business uh, Directory listing opportunities for SMMEs that are located in the, in the township, inner city, and rural uh, geographies. Uh, there are also advertising um, opportunities as well on the platform for uh, uh, DFIs for um, for whichever business would like to advertise their, uh, their 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 business on the platform. Thirdly, we offer uh, we do research and advice.
advisory uh, work as part of the third revenue stream of, of the platform. Um, our director of IT built quite a robust uh, reporting um, uh, uh, dashboard um, as part of, on the back end of the platform. So as a result of that, we're able to extract key enterprise intelligence of business interactions to also enable um, these businesses in supporting the entrepreneurial ecosystem of what, what challenges they might have and so on and so forth. Um, fourthly, program design around um, what kind of programs would work best for businesses that are located in certain geographies um, and in certain sectors um, so that they can be able to generate the, the kind of leads that will enable them to um, generate revenues and run sustainable businesses. So it's in it's in those four categories um, or revenue streams that uh, um, Comba Africa does its work and offers its services. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at the broader scale, do you think that government is doing enough to build infrastructure mm. um, to support entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurs rather, in the growth of either their business or taking yeah. ideas from ideation all the way down to product? Yeah, I think there's there's a. I mean, just yesterday, the uh, MEC Lebuang Maile gave the budget vote, and uh, there's quite over a billion rand allocated to um, economic development agencies that s- are supposed to support the entrepreneurial ecosystem in, in the Gauteng province um, alone. So indeed, there is, an, uh, there is a capital that is available for entrepreneurs to be able to access. But I think one of the main challenges could be the simplest things of how to complete the uh, application form um, sufficiently in a manner that would be favorable um, in your application process. Sometimes systems of government don't work, so you must call a call center, call center, is not working, you must go to the office. So there, there, there are a number of challenges there operationally, and at times bureaucracy as well tends to be an impediment because if, uh, as an entrepreneur, look, I, I have a project uh, with 100,000 rand, I need to capitalize with, uh, with 100,000 rand, I need to deliver to client within two weeks. Uh, turnaround time for, uh, for, for government in- entities are nothing less than 14 working days. So those are some of the nuances that then serve as a bit of impediments, but the capital is there. The capital is there. It's just the process of getting it tends to be a bit of a challenge. Interesting conversation we are having. If you tuned in, the theme of our show today is innovation and business. And I'm now going to switch over to one of our amazing guests who just showed up on the show. Just going to open up by asking you to introduce yourself and please tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hello. Hey. Uh, my name is Ayanda Tejana and I am the founder of Tulipula Kids. And we also run an initiative, which is very close to my heart, that's called Superhero Fathers um, Campaign. So yeah, yeah, that's basically me, and I'm in the child development space. I work with empowering parents in the workplace, in the schools, giving them support to be able to assist their children with what exactly to do with their children. Um, Should I go into detail? Yeah, yeah, please do. Please give us (laughs) details. Okay. So, you know, what happens is um, we get a lot of children who are born, right? Mm-hmm. And actually the actual stats in 2015 was 1, 1.2 million. <laughs> and what we're looking at is a whole lot of children who will be soon competing for jobs. And that's even starting on a higher scale. Mm-hmm. Starting off, we're talking about schools. We're talking about um, just quality of everything. Mm-hmm. And if... We don't equip our children better in terms of how do they compete now, not just in South Africa, because that's a smaller scale. I mean, if you look at our literacy uh, rates and the stats, it's disastrous. Our grade four children can barely read. Yes. Hmm. 
And what what I've what I've done in terms of the innovation mm. is to say mm. there's a lot that the school teachers are going through. There's a lot of innovation that has been trying to happen within the government trying to do what they can do. But now the question is what do you do as a parent? Mm. Because I believe that we spend the bigger bulk of the time with our children, but let's now spend quality time with our children. Let's be aware of what we can do to empower our children with whatever they're having um, challenges. So what I do is I bring in that element. I do coaching. I do workshops for parents in the workplace, in schools, and I assist them with that, basically. Yeah, and I mean, how long have you been doing this for? This has been a baby for five years now. Oh, wow. Sure. And it's, it's growing step by step. That's, mm. that's what we say in the child development space. Um, you watch your baby go, literally. Mm. From the being able to crawl to be able to walk. And, and then you finally see it become this adult, like all of us <laughs> envision, right? Mm. Um, it's been, it's been an exciting journey. Um, simply because it's kind of a new thing, right? Especially within our communities where you're saying, um, listen, whether your child is going to a public school, you actually need to take the extra time and sit down and go through the books and see how you can support them. Or you're talking to a mom who takes their child to an expensive school who says, listen, I pay all that money. Mm. <laughs> I expect them to do everything. It actually doesn't work that way. Yeah. With parenting, you need to be that cheerleader. You need to hold your child. And there's a huge ecosystem that you see in the whole society. Mm. If you look at the um, countries where they're very parent conscious, even in the workplace, you see a huge difference in terms of how they are, in terms of the development. Mm. It's, it's quite an, it's something that people don't consider, mm. but it's really, really important. Mm. And mm. I mean, how, how important is it, um, to put kids in a competitive environment? Does that help build, build them up or is every kid a winner? Listen, it's, I think it's quite, quite important. One of the things I always say when I, when I do my talks with moms, first of all, just to give you, are you, are you guys a dad? I'm yet? a dad. No. Definitely Not a yet. dad. Not yet. Great. I'm, I'm glad we now know each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that w- with the whole concept of, of having a child, there's the child development. You look at the growth, which is just the physical growth, mm. right? Mm. And then you look at the development, which is like the capacity in terms of the, Intelligence. Mm. So now we're living in a global world. Everything is on online. Imagine if in 20 years time we have all these children of ours who can barely speak certain way, who are not antisocial, all of these things that we may be lacking, Mm. literacy, who now have to use this internet, for instance, and compete with children who are in a global Scale, who have learned the basics of coding and all of these things. Mm. What, what kind of dreams do we have for our little ones? They have to be bigger. And for me, all I'm saying is every parent, whichever background that you come from, you should have a bigger dream for your child and you should take that extra, go that extra mile to say, how do I invest? Okay, this is my son's weaknesses. This is their strengths. What do I find to assist them? And basically a huge part of that, the business that we do is to, to make parents aware and to say, how do I fine tune that? Mm. It's hugely important. Mm. I mean, the most, the thing that inspired me to get into the business, quite frankly, is that thing when I first held my son about 10 years ago and I was looking at him Mm. back then in Soweto thinking, 
oh my God, what is going to become of this young man? And that basically lit a fire in me to say, I'm going to be his number one cheerleader. I will do whatever it takes so that when he gets to a stage where he has to make decision, he's well informed. And I've been fortunate enough through the journey to be able to help so many other people who are also parents, who are excited, aunties, uncles. I have a huge database of people who I help to do the same thing. So Ayanda, man, do you think um, NPOs in the general sense, especially maybe also just to encapsulate it in the South African context, are utilizing innovation in their particular businesses? Do you think they're doing things different or is it still the same old, (laughs) same old? I think um, generally, in terms of learning from the world, we still have a long way to go. I mean, one of the things that I do actually is work with daycare centers in developing curriculum. Hmm. Um, so what would happen is you'd find a daycare center who has very little resources, but they want to be able to provide. Hmm. So then you're able to assist them to say, with what we have, let's work around. Hmm. I think I think it, we, a lot of us have the idea we want to get into the space. What I'm seeing a lot more of is a lot more young black people getting into the MPO space, which is quite exciting for me because I think that's where the innovation is because then they're seeing what's happening out in the other parts of the world and they're bringing mm. that. Because, I, I mean, I think one of the things that's always um, scared me about the space is just... Um, Sustainability. I, th- I think we haven't really been conscious about. Mm. I'm starting this NGO, but how do I uh, sustain it? Mm. And I work with a lot of people who are reading, um, creating reading clubs mm. in the township, who have all these extramural projects. Mm. But when you speak to them and say, "How do you make this sustainable?" They still haven't figured that part out. Mm. That's something that I really think will make a difference if we get to that part sooner. Mm. (laughs) You know, you don't have to burn your fingers first and see that this doesn't work. Because I think a lot of us do Mm. that. Mm. And I mean, so with these sessions and these different initiatives do you run, that that you run, sorry, do you find parents um, to be supportive? Because I mean, I went to school at some point in my life and I remember certain parents would totally de, who would totally not support certain things, even if some made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like Vusi staying after school till four with the teacher then all the other kids, dad was Mm. like, no, it's going to happen, you know? I'm seeing a lot more people being open to it. I think maybe it's just having having the conversation to start with, mm. to say, where do you come from? What do you want for your child? Let's let's be realistic. Let's sit down and, and talk about that. And for me, um, um, having grown up in a bit of like Soweto, a huge part of my life in Soweto, seeing a lot of awesome people come out of there, even though they've gone through the public schooling systems and you you see that it's not just about what you have to make your child elevate it's about those daily conversations how are you motivating your child um to say you can be more mm. you can you can be the first matriculant in the family mm. and take your child to field trips all mm. of these things mm. one of the biggest challenges daycare centers for instance are, are having when i usually have to talk to do talks is that a lot of parents don't want to participate in these kind of extra, extramural activities because they'll be like, ah, you know, mm. 300 rand for the zoo. 
you know, we're trying to budget, you know, and then if you, if you start to explain how important this is in terms of building the vocabulary of the child, mm-hmm. instead of in, 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 in the instance where you're trying to build this child's imagination so that they can see that it's not just this little world that we live in of whether it's poverty or whatever, mm-hmm. there's so much more. Mm-hmm. You can be a, a zoologist, you can be, a, there's opportunities everywhere, but we have to step out of those little um, clusters of our lives to be able to see mm. that. So it's, it's quite, it's, it's, we're getting there. We're getting there. I see a lot of people being open to it better than when I started out five years ago, <laughs> you know, so. And then what would your advice to parents be? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've seen is that first of all, parenting is not a one si- one shoe fits all. Mm. What has worked for me may not work for you. Mm. Some people have their children earlier. Some people have them later. Mm. It's a whole thing where more than anything else, what's important is to have your intentions quite clear. Mm. When it comes to my children, I've always been clear that I want them to be able to survive should something happen to me. So in terms of everything that I do with them, I'm always teaching them to be independent, to be confident, so that should something happen to me, whoever takes over, they're able to express themselves. They're able to stand up for themselves. And this, I think, is quite some, that's something really, really, that we have to consider as parents. Some of us, we over protect the children. You know, we don't allow them to. And the biggest part of, of what I do then is, is to, Talk about how do we incorporate the play element Now what happens is Children learn better If you create an environment that's inducive mm-hmm. If you create an environment that's fun That's exciting As a parent you can actually do that at home You can imagine where you are um, d- d- Cooking for instance And you're asking your child What color is this? Carrot There's so many things that you can do mm-hmm. That can Bring this learning environment, this empowering environment, this environment that brings that confidence out of your child. Hmm. So the the message that I speak everywhere I speak is that your child has unlimited potential, mm-hmm. and they just do whatever it takes to bring that out of them. Do you remember, brother, your advice to entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs out there? Sure, my advice, man. <laughs> I, I think uh, w- one of the key things in our context in South Africa would be perhaps um, to ask ourselves innovation questions around the development challenge- challenges that we face as entrepreneurs. I think um, they, they, there's a lot of room to develop um, uh, low-income or middle-income communities um, in South Africa with, whilst uh, making uh, impact in the lives of people. And it's possible to also generate revenue while doing that as well. Yes. Um, I think we always um we t- we tend to look at uh, the the case studies of uh uh, what Capitec did where, when uh, conventional banks didn't want to um, offer um, banking accounts to people with who have limited incomes yeah. um, and how they've been able today, they are the biggest bank in terms of uh, bank accounts that, that have been opened. Mm-hmm. And so that asked, that, that led us to ask ourselves, hey man, so a lot of people don't want to work in low-income communities because supposedly people don't have money there or the environment is too risky or whatever the case may be. But there's actually wealth in, in, in those communities as well And development can take place as a result So in our context as South Africans And as Africans I would encourage entrepreneurs To think innovatively around um, uh, uh, The development challenges That we face in our specific context 
Wow, thank you so much, man. Uh, we're jumping on to the second segment of our show. Um, Solar Turtle Pitch by Lumi Jali was announced as the winner of the inaugural um, Nation Builder so- Social Innovation Challenge. They came out. You should have been part of this challenge. <laughs> Did you well, know about Nation Builder? No, 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 no. Okay, I'll no, tell no, you no. more about it after I, this. Next I, year, you need to be part of this. I, they came, they came out, sorry, they came out on top, chosen by tens, chosen by ten, uh, ten outstanding idea, uh, ideas represented at the pitching final hosted by the Stellenbosch University Launch Lab on Wednesday evening. And these guys, I mean, I think these guys were given about 150,000 and they had to split it as seed capital. Sure. And I think we've got someone on the line who will explain to us a little bit more. You guys can get your, 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 your head pieces. Oh, my sister. Now we'll organize you one. Hi, how are you? Hey, good day. Good. Good, good. Could you please introduce, greet our listeners and tell us who you are and what you do? Okay, everybody. Uh, I am James. I'm the engineer behind uh, our social business called Solar Turtle. We are a renewable energy company, and we're focusing on starting small little energy hubs in rural communities, as well for other business users, to make drop-and-go uh, energy solar power stations. The idea is that we want to do decentralized energy, that we want to get energy anywhere in the world and make small little businesses so community can sell their own electricity as opposed to relying on that quick connection. Really? And I mean, so so take us through how this would work. Sure. Um, so you should actually come through on the 29th, which is like Friday. We're releasing our new design. But basically what it is, we take a shipping container and we convert it into a all-the-way solar power station with a workspace inside. So think of a turtle. What do turtles do when they threaten? They climb into their shell. So we're doing a bit of biomimicry, uh, latching onto that idea. We're taking a container, uh, fill it up with solar panel that's all folded away. Take it site. On site, you just press a button, and the whole solar power station folds open, and now you can do trading in the inside. And we typically start a small little energy business inside a container. And in the evening, when it's unsafe, the lady locks up a container, presses the button, and the whole system collapses in and of itself. And so I can also transport this along to other places. Interesting. So, um, this 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 product does it plug into the grid, or is this is this battery is this stored in batteries that you sell off to the community? Yeah, no, we're trying to be completely off grid. So this is an off grid solution. So let's take a rural community that's far away from any power. Right? Uh, there's a school at the community, and there's thousands of kids that need power to get onto the internet, use their phones, and that type of thing. So what we will do is they're like, all right, there's a perfect business case to start a battery charging station at the school. Then we convert one of our containers into a solar turtle. We then find a local uh, entrepreneur. Typically, we work with women. They're like, okay, listen, do you want to be a solar entrepreneur? What we call turtlepreneur. He's like, sure, I know a little bit about trading. I said, like, okay, great. So here's your container. There's a little kiosk in the inside, plaza hmm. shop. And then she has a battery charging station. So the kids don't have a cable connection to their home. They either come and buy a battery pack from us, which they can then swap out for a full one, or they can just bring in their phone, drop it off, and the son will fill it up. It's great for the school because that means all this, all the phones are in the container being recharged and not in the classroom. And then after class, they can come and pick it up, take it home, 
and then they have their batteries at home, and then they can run their lights, they can run their phones, they can get onto the internet. More specifically, we want to make it easy for kids to be able to study. Oh wow, man, that's phenomenal! And just just share with us how was your experience of the Nation Builder Social Innovation Challenge? Oh no, it is <laughs> it was a tough challenge, I must say. There were some phenomenal ideas out there. I I, I was we were both over the moon myself and Mzungi. Uh, as our CEO, she presented the, uh, on the day. We were both very nervous seeing the competition, uh, and I must say, we were both like over the moon when we heard that our, our name announced. Like, Asia's, what, what a great, great privilege. Wow. And what does this mean? I mean, what are you going to do with your portion of uh, the 150? I mean, are you going to blow it away? Or are you going <laughs> to <laughs> reinvest? It's an important question to ask because no, we always assume no. entrepreneurs are going to reinvest. <laughs> well, the one thing that we had in mind now, what we desperately leave money for, is our new design, which we call the baby turtle. So the solar turtle, which we call now the mama turtle, is a big machine. You know, you got to put down a little power station at the school. Hmm. can't easily move that around. So we were thinking, not all entrepreneurs want to be in one spot all the time. Not always the best place. And it's a very expensive exercise to build a big system like that. So we want to build a mini version or baby version that's like either a trolley or a bike. You can cycle, let's say, to a taxi rank in the morning, unfold the solar panels, the mirror concept, and then also run the battery charging station and sell Wi-Fi and so forth. And in the evening, when it's unsafe and people want to steal your solar panels, you fold the whole system away and you cycle back home and lock it up next to your base type of idea. Oh, and wow. we want to roll in our software into that as well, <laughs> so it can help entrepreneurs that don't know much about business how to run their business more effectively, get them motivated, give them tips like, "Hey, there's a the school is so many uh, meters away from you, and they're having a function. You know, maybe you should go there today." Type of idea. So. A community entrepreneurs can now easily afford a small little system, plus all the, the aid that we give it, that they can make a profit for themselves. Now, man, thank you so much. And how do we get in touch with you? Well, for one, there's the Nation Builder uh, uh, event in the end of August. I think it's of August. Yeah. Uh, they can definitely come and meet us there. Alternatively, they can come and visit our website, uh, za Pop us a mail, we're happy to talk, either as our solar containers or if you want to be a, a community entrepreneur or if you just want to like say hi, it's all good with us. Nah, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations yet again. Eh? Thank you very much. Thank I you. I really appreciate the chat. Thank you so much. Cheers, your papa. <laughs> all the best. Bye. Man, what you think of that? Eh? Here oh, we wow. go. There we you go. Know, you know, I grew up uh, hearing stories of people being um, electrocuted. Mm. Yeah. Someone sent you lightning. <laughs> now you're literally selling <laughs> electricity out there. Yeah, yeah, so guys, I mean, if someone wanted to get in touch with you guys and do me, so how do we get in touch with you? How do we, um, uh, where do we find your company? So you can find us at www.combaafrica.co.za. You can find the app on Google Play Store, uh, Comba Africa. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, it's info at combaafrica.co.za. Ayanda? Um, so I'm on Facebook and I'm very interactive. Any moms who are having concerns, companies who want to do something to assist their employees who are parents, um, you can also get hold of me on WhatsApp, 078 
And the name on social media is Ayanda Tetyana, spelled T-E-T-Y-A-N-A. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of 360 Biz. Join us yet again next week as we uncover, interview, and profile amazing entrepreneurs and engage with corporate and governmental stakeholders to bring you information and access to market opportunities. 360 Biz, see you yet again next week, 1 o'clock. 360 Biz on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.